opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for taking this hour to come learn about how your two hands can be a tool in saving someone's life. But before we do that, we have hot breaking news, fresh off the presses. Hey, Janine, tell us what is going on tomorrow that we all need to know about. So tomorrow there is this amazing community-a-thon that's going from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. We encourage everybody to come. It's a time of gratefulness and to say what ACB has meant to you. It's also a fundraiser. For every $25 you donate, you'll be entered into a raffle slash drawing. There'll be three every hour. So the more you donate, the more you get entered. Um, and your name stays in until the end. Uh, yeah. It's and so Janine, there's going to be you, a lot of facilitators. So you, yeah. And tell us, do we have to wait till tomorrow to donate? I guess yeah. just to, we do not have to wait till tomorrow to donate. Can you share with us how we can donate today? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're yes, running in. Yes, so today, today you okay. can check your emails, and there's a link in it from the community email that Cindy sent. Awesome. Well, Janine, thank you so much. I know you're going to be on the air for several hours tomorrow, and I will be honored to be facilitating from yeah. eight to nine tomorrow. So please come out and talk to us. Um, Jay, Darrow, and I will be on for the health call segment, which I think is from five to six, which I know that will be hosting. when I'm there. I know. Yeah, Isn't that ironic? Come hang out with me because I'm yeah. facilitating that. So okay. you'll get to crush my party. <laughs> well, Janine, thank you for all yeah. you do. And I, and I, I know you're part of the committee as well, but we've got to get onto our steps of how to save a life. Yeah. Have a great call. Thanks again. Thanks for all you do, Janine. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> okay, oh, everybody. Wow. Everyone's excited. So listen, this is amazing. I want everyone to take their hands and clap. Those are two very wonderful tools. And we're going to share with you the steps of how improving someone's outcome of cardiac arrest and sudden cardiac arrest. Over 425,000 Americans die each year. That is one person every four minutes dying of a cardiac arrest. And for us women, that's one every six minutes we lose a woman to sudden cardiac arrest. So yeah, by using this tool, we can save at least 50% of the people. Exactly, Jay. And Darrow, Jay, and I are going to show you how you increase survival of quality of life by 92% by just using your hands and doing these three simple steps. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to break down the three simple steps, and then we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to ask for volunteers from the audience to come up and give the CPR challenge a try. So. Step number one is check for responsiveness. So basically say you walk up, you hit someone's foot and you realize, oh, wow, this is someone down or you, you hear someone yell help 
someone's down, you go over and you can touch, tap their shoulders or um, put your hand on their chest and shake and shout at them. Hey, hey, are you okay? Um, the shoulders and the arms um, touching each side and um, briskly shaking them is the best way. Um, and then once you realize that they're not sleeping or taking their afternoon siesta, um, you are going to call 911. So we're going to call 911 right now. 911. 911. What's the address of your emergency? Oh, I have a neighbor down in my yard and I'm getting ready to start. They're not breathing and they're not moving. What do I do? First thing is, where are you? What's your location? I'm at 369 beep, 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 Claremont, Florida. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Now you can go on. I'll let, let you go. Okay. So I am putting my phone on speaker and I am going ahead and start compressions. Go ahead. So... Everybody knows this song from the Bee Gees. So clap your hands, everybody, to the beat. That's a beat of 100 beats per minute, and that is the rate of your compression. Come on, let's do it. Clap them hands, everybody. Thank you, Darrow. Sure. So here's what to remember when you're doing high quality compressions. The first thing you want to do is get your arms straight out in front of you, put one hand down, and then interlace your fingers of your other hand on top. What does that mean, interlacing? That means you open up your fingers of the bottom hand, and it doesn't matter if it's the right or the left. And then just taking the other fingers and giving the other hand a big hug between the fingers. That's interlacing. Now what you want to do is when you go to kneel over your um, patient, client, friend, um, you're going to lock your elbows and push your shoulders so that it's a straight arms over your wrist. So it's like you're an up and down straight as you can. Now you're going to push, put your hands in the middle of the chest. Now being vision impaired, um, we normally teach in class, you know, just in mid nipple. Right. So what you, if you don't know where the middle of the chest is, you're going to feel where the ribs are at the bottom and kind of work your way up to where the sternum is. That's the hard bone in the middle of the chest. Put one fist down and then put the next one next to it. And that's your optimum place. Now, luckily, once we remove the clothes and if it's a man, it's easy to feel the nipple line. Now, don't worry about being shy. Remember, they don't have a heartbeat or their blood pressure so low that you're saving their life. They're not going to care. So you're going to put your hands interlaced straight and you're going to pump hard and fast at 100 beats per minute minimum and up to 120 beats maximum. But easy song to remember is staying alive. And you want to push down two centimeters. So that's quite a push. You might hear something pop 
You might hear something crack, but you know what? We don't care about that because we can fix all of that. But the most important thing is, is when the heart stops beating, we maintain perfusion to the brain because once someone's heart stops beating, blood flow to the brain stops and you only have four minutes, four minutes flat to be able to keep the brain alive. Now, there's other circumstances that can affect it, which is called, um, you know, uh, hypothermia can buy us a little bit of time and other stuff like that. And if you guys want to stay after the call, you're welcome to ask those questions. Um, but right now, I'm going to turn it over to our paramedic, Jay. So, Jay, I'm doing Oops. two minutes of CPR. I'm pushing hard and pushing fast. And you so come once, up on the scene. Once I get, uh, once the 911 has been called, He's going to make sure where the location is, because in case it's Main Street, which Main Street part of the Main Street is it? Is it the 100 block east, west, which where is it at? So the dispatcher is going to find that information out for us. That's the first thing we need to know. Without that, we have absolutely nothing and can't send help. So if I'm in the public's parking lot and I'm in front of uh, Pizza Hut, I can say I'm in front of Pizza Hut near Publix. And I'll still and ask you what's, what street. Yes. Yep. But yes, yes that, that's a big help. And the yes. closest intersection. Yeah. Yep. If you know it. Yep. Okay. So I'm doing so, compressions. So then, I get, then he's going to hit a uh, button. It'll tone, uh, gives off tones. And each department has their own specific tones. And as those tones go off, as we may be doing something in the firehouse, we're running to the, uh, to the ambulance. Now, if it's a full-time department, there are going to be two people that's going to jump in there. And if it's called a full, it's going to be a full arrest that we know of. Then they're also going to be jumping in with the fire truck to the add a little bit more manpower to that call. If it's a volunteer department, they're going to be coming from all over and getting to that, uh, getting to the ambulance and then going right to the call. Now, we're going to have somebody that's going to, once we come out of the ambulance, someone's going to be assigned to do the paperwork part of it, finding out as much information as possible. What happened? What you know? What did you see? And the other, another, the other person is going to be taking over because that person is going to be getting quite tired from doing the CPR because we're not used to doing the CPR and doing the compressions, and so that person's going to start taking over and checking. And making sure every, you know how that person's doing. Once and then the other people from the fire truck, we're going to get the backboard, all the other uh, medical equipment, the oxygen, um, different other pieces, so that way we can scoop them up as fast as possible and get them into the ambulance. And we're going to start doing an IV. We're going to start to to give the drugs. We're going to intubate them, so that way we have a direct line for an airway. And we're going to start calling the hospital right away also, so that way they know what's going on. Well, thank you, Jay, so much. So some of the things we want to highlight is, is the three steps. So it's check, shake and shout, two, call 911. And there's one more step we're going to throw in there, and that's get an AED, which we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, an automatic external defibrillator. Because the goal is to get one to increase survival of 
um, certain cardiac arrest is to defibrillate within the first three minutes of going down. So we're going to talk about AEDs as a tool. And then the third thing is compressions, bystander compressions, because Jay, what's your average call time to arrive in a site of, a, of, of your responsive time? I would say, um, depending on where it's at, if it's at the farthest ends of our thing, we can be up to seven minutes. If it's at our closest spot, we can be, if we, even if it's right across the street, it could be maybe two, three minutes. Okay. So remember what I taught you guys earlier is at four minutes, the um, brain cells start to die. They start to atrophy. And that's what we want to prevent. So be the heart so we can fix the heart. And the heart's function when the blood pressure drops so low is just to keep blood flowing to the brain. And if we can do that, we can fix everything else. We can give you a new set of lungs. We can even give you a new heart. You hear of heart transplants, lung transplants, liver, everything else. But we have not yet have brain transplants. Because imagine this brain and Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Um, so, so anyways, on that note, um, let's talk about um, other things to remember. Um, so Jay, the paramedics, the 911 EMS is going to get there as fast as they can. But if you're in a larger city or a really rural city, there are times where it could be 15 to 20 minutes response from EMS. But guess who gets there faster? Police. And so one of the things that I'd like you guys to all do is to reach out non-emergency number to your police station and ask them who has an AED in their car. Because believe it or not, there are more police officers than they are paramedic and firefighters. And in Florida, uh, every single highway patrolman has which is over 400 of them, have an AED in their cars to help. And I'm honored that I was a part of that. And then the second thing is, is um, St. Cloud, where my parents live, every single police car has an AED because our chief of police in St. Cloud, Florida, uses the, um, how should I say this, the illegal drug money that they collect to reinvest in equipment for the community. Woo -woo! So That's they great. just were, a, yeah, they did that six years ago. We're super excited. Um, so reach out to your local police station. Please don't call 911. Um, call the non-emergency number and ask them, I would like to know about my AED program in the area. Also, next time you go grocery shopping, go up to customer service and say, hi, I need someone to help me shop today, but I also would like to know if you have an AED here. And you will be surprised of how many large chains, except for Walmart, um, did I say that out loud again, um, have AEDs at their customer service because there is now an AED program with the CAD system. Remember, we learned about CAD, Computer Assisted Dispatching, where a call goes into 911. And the next thing, as soon as the dispatcher hits cardiac arrest, the next thing that pops up is the location of all the AEDs that are nearby. And then the next button that they push 
goes into a different program that communicates with who is responsible for grabbing that AED and running to the parking lot. Because we have did many studies about 20 years ago that we did all this wonderful work in 1975, improving AED public programs. And guess what we didn't do? We didn't stay focused on perfusing the brain. Everyone did nothing till the AED showed up. And then people were running around looking for AEDs and they forgot the basic thing. And what's the basic thing, Darrow? CPR. Compression. Yep. So this is called hands-only CPR. We don't have to worry about mouth-to-mouth because in American Heart, we did a lot of studies and people just didn't want to kiss everybody or put their yucky mouth on their mouth and all the stuff. And I said, well, why don't we put a bottle of tequila next to every AED? (laughs) And, you know, because when you're at a bar and you're drinking tequila shots, you know, you start kissing everybody. But that didn't go over so big in American Heart when we were doing our resolutions. So I just wanted you to know, I tried, guys. I really, really tried. So, um, how much, what time is it, Tyson? I can tell you it's 219. Oh, 2.19. Okay. So now let's go into a quick step about what an AED is and what does it do? So an AED is an, an automatic external defibrillator. And usually either there's a couple of things that I can tell you that will never change. Um, it will activate either by opening the door of the actual device, not the door that it's stored. Like when you walk around um, the airport and stuff, if you are vision impaired and you see the red light or you see the blue light, um, or if you hear a sound for the AED, um, it's not when you open the door, it activates it. It's actually when you open up the device. So then what happens is you hear this. Remove clothing from the patient's chest. Open packet and apply pads onto patient's bare skin. Okay. So direct contact. Every AED will talk to you. Every single model of, and there's over 30 models of AEDs out there. Do you know you can buy your own and you don't even need a prescription? Um, Philips has a model that's even in Sky Miles that you can buy. So if you have $1,800 and you want to have your own AED, Go for it. You can have your own. So um, on that note, <laughs> um, I can guarantee that it will be um, voice activated and guide you. Now, ironically, that is my trainer that I have, and it has computer chips in it so that you have to put it perfectly on the chest. And I realized that there's no indication for me since now I'm vision impaired blind I can't tell where the pads are placed perfectly because the computer chips have to be so far away for it to indicate to the next step. So easy thing to remember about an AED, ask for it, turn it on, and it'll tell you step by step of what to do. But I'll tell you real quick what the steps are. First of all, you're going to take the clothes off of the victim. Don't take your clothes off, take their clothes off. Second, you're going to have someone continuing perfusing the brain. So don't stop compressions because what did you notice that was going on when I had the steps going on? Jay and Darrow? Well, we always want to make sure we're keep on perfusing because otherwise um, to get that oxygen circulated all the way through into the brain and everywhere else, you don't want to stop until everything, until they're going to be doing the 
uh, hitting that button to analyze. Exactly, exactly. So what's really wonderful is, is you don't want to take your hands off their chest for longer than 10 seconds, just 10 seconds. So you want to maintain your location on the chest and pump and pump and pump. The most important member of a resuscitation team is not the team leader. It's not the paramedic that's starting the IV. It's not the paramedic pushing the drugs. It's not even the paramedic putting the airway in or the respiratory therapist. It is the person pushing on the chest. So the whole team will work around that person. But here's what I want to share with you guys. When the paramedic team shows up, do not get upset when they ask you to step away. Sometimes they won't say thank you because they are thinking in their brains and thinking of how They're they totally need to do. Concentrated on that person. Yes. So please, please, please never take it personal and don't run away because they need information from you. And depending on how long the resuscitation team is taking and depending on the medical director, they might have a scene time of 30 minutes before they transfer. Some of the EMSs across the United States are not transporting until they get what's called ROSC, which is return of spontaneous circulation. What does that mean? means they get a heartbeat back, okay? So sometimes they might be on the scene for 30 minutes, and then with pediatrics and infants, they stay on the scene a little bit longer. Um, but anything after 30 minutes of high-quality CPR and administration of advanced cardiac life support, um, the outcome of quality of life is very poor. So um, you won't see them That's scoop and run. That's why we need run. your help. Yes. And that's why it's so important. We need your help with the chain of survival. So on that note, the next step of the AED is you don't need to worry about it because it's going to tell you exactly what to do. Now, again, no bottle of tequila and no BGs staying alive, but it does have um, a um, Tyson, help me out. What's the name of the when you're doing music and it keeps the tone? Um, tempo. Yeah, the tempo. Metrodome. Thank you, Dan. Between you and Tyson, I, you guys both got my back. Um, so it'll go click, 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 click. But again, no staying alive, but you can run that through your head. So the three steps for helping strengthen the chain of survival. Check for responsiveness. Call 911. Compressions till 911 gets there. EMS gets there. All right. So comments from Darrow and Jay, you guys ready to play some games? I think so. This way we can find out if everybody's been listening to us. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, we're checking for responsiveness. <laughs> uh, Terry, one, one comment is that yes, when, it's, when it's time to shock the person with the AED, make sure whoever's doing compressions takes their hands off the body for just a moment. Yes. yes. Thank you, Jay. And I mean, thank you, Darrow, so much, um, because, you know, what's wonderful is the AED will tell you stop compressions and then they'll tell you sometimes they automatically shock, but they'll say, stand clear, stand clear, stand clear, and then they'll shock. Some other AEDs will actually you get to push a button. So you want to make sure that everyone is clear. And then as soon as that shock is given, it's only one shock, no more three stack shockings. That was so 
2004. Um, we are going to immediately return to do what? What do you think is the next most important step? Compressions. Yes, compressions. Woo-woo. Okay. You want to so, circulate. Circulate, circulate, and the pump. And you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. So let's um, let's raise a hand. Who wants to take the CPR bystander challenge? Okay. Awesome. Let's give Nolan a chance. So Nolan, I know you love going for walks. So you're out taking a walk and you Mm -hmm. see someone laying out in your front yard. What are you going to do, Nolan? I'm going to, for the first time i'm going if my if someone is not responding i will have to uh do hands see hands only cpr on their in the center of their chest by pressing hard in the center of their chest but then after that is buzz okay all right nolan very good on checking for responsiveness. Mm-hmm. Okay. But mm-hmm. we, you are going to be there doing compressions for a half an hour to an hour. Cause what did you not do before you started compressions? I should have. You get me involved in it. I would have to call 911. Yes. 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 So we say thank you, but you get to try again. Let's give someone else a try and we'll let you come back. Okay. All right, who's next? Who's next? There are no hands raised. Oh, uh, come on, you guys. Give it a try. It's just three simple steps. Okay, we have a number ending in 68. I believe that is Beth. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. Hey, Hello, Beth. Beth. How's New Mexico Hello. today? Let's give it a show. Hello. Yeah, it's it's getting kind of cold. It's supposed to go down to about 15 or 16 tonight. All right. Well, let's show and tell the people out in ACB radio listening to us. Thank you. And our ACB community, your steps of saving someone's life. So what are the three steps? You're walking outside um, out of the grocery store and someone yelled, help, help. My husband just collapsed. <laughs> well, that is very close. That hits very close to home because um, my old man really does have a heart condition. Well, now you and know how to. Now you know how to. You know, get his blood flowing. So he's got a. He had a coronary bypass, but he still. He still likes to do stuff he shouldn't do. Okay, <laughs> so let's say you walk uh, into the kitchen and you find him on the floor. What are you going to do, Beth? You got 10 I'd seconds. Probably call 911 and then go start compressions. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Do you think your husband might be taking a nap in the middle of the kitchen? No. Okay. So checking for responsiveness. <laughs> we allowed you to skip over it because it's not normal right. for your well, husband. Checking for responsiveness, but I no, I don't think he would be taking a nap in the <laughs> And, you know, there's a distinctive noise that some heart patients make that my grandma used to do in her sleep. And and, um, so when 
I first got together with him, I noticed that same, it's like a wheezing, like it's very distinct. But you, yeah. You so, know. so Beth, I hear what you're saying. Um, some of that can be with um, congenital um, CHF, uh, congested heart failure, um, where you have fluid buildup around the heart and the lungs and stuff like that. Mm. So that's another call. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome to stay on afterwards. But right now, our goal is to see how many people are going to pass the bystander challenge of CPR, which congratulations, Beth, you did it. And that's probably what he would do for me, too, because he better. better. (laughs) Okay, so who's who's our next challenger to the CPR steps? Next, we have a number ending in seven, five, one. Seven five one. Hello. Hi there. This is Roberta. Hey, Hello, Roberta. Roberta. How you doing? I'm doing good. Staying indoors. Nasty, okay. sloppy outside. Oh well, you know, unfortunately, you still have to take your garbage out, right? So mm. you're taking your garbage out, and you um, see <laughs> or bump into I something trip over a body. <laughs> yeah, I trip over a body. I would, the first thing I would do would be to see if they're, it could be just someone who's passed out, like maybe they're drunk or something. Yeah. I would just see if they would respond to me. Like, I think I would probably nudge them with a foot. Anyway, I'd probably trip on them first. So <laughs> if they didn't respond to that, I would know they're not responsive. And right. then um, call 911 for sure. I'd probably yes. do that before I did anything like, eh. and then um, I would, well, start compressions, but. You, you know, you didn't mention anything about, you just assume that if they're down and not responsive, that compressions is what they need. So I am so proud of you. And I did not call you this morning and ask that to ask that question. So all the studies that we've done in American Heart for the last 30 years is looking at what happens when you do compressions if somebody has a pulse. Um, you do nothing but improve the blood pressure. And we did hmm. a study... And yeah, I know I was so lucky. I was a part of the study in 2008 where we took 100 physicians. Now, these are people that are trained and check for a pulse like, you know, every five minutes or so, you know, in the workplace. And with 100 doctors and 100 instructors one on one, guess what the accuracy was of checking for the pulse in less than 10 seconds? Darrow, I'm you want to take it? Very yeah, poor. Ten percent. Very close. Jay, what do you think? See, um, I know that uh, let's say like in in an emergency situations, I have had new people that have uh, felt a pulse when there's not really a pulse. Right. So how do we expect mm. someone who's not a healthcare provider? to spend time because remember everything is in increments of these steps of 10 seconds it was less than 25 percent accuracy from these physicians so why would we ask that for bystanders so we've taken out checking for a pulse for non-healthcare providers in like 2005 updates so it's been over 15 years since we've asked you guys to check for a pulse so thank you for asking that. That's an excellent question. And congratulations. You did it, Regina. You. So you and Beth yeah. are our first two um, that are, let's see who else wants to step up and take the CPR challenge. And next is Pam Coffee. 
All right. Hello. Pam. Hey, Hello. Pam. Hello. Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Vestavia, Alabama. Vestavia, Alabama. Yes. All right. So you're walking out to, do you have a service dog? No, I do not. But the other okay. day I had to take the garbage out. So let's <gasps> say I'm you. taking the garbage out. You had to take the garbage out. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes. Always have to take the garbage out. So, you know, so, yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm, so you were taking your garbage out and lo and behold, you uh, bump into your neighbor lying down on the sidewalk or lying down in the um, uh, in the grass. in the circle at the end of our street. Yes. So tell us, what do you do? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is is say, "Hey, are you okay?" And if they don't answer me in a split second, I'm going to shake them or do something to quickly get a handle on whether they're responsive or not. And then I'm going to call 911 and because my cell phone goes with me everywhere, thank goodness. Um, and then I'm going to get down on hands and knees and, and start the compression. Yay! Great job. And, Great and job. By, and, and by the way, I'll just FYI, I've never had to use it before, but I took a CPR course in the early 1980s. Now, to say things have changed since then is an <laughs> understatement. Do you know I think that? It was I think it was 1983 that I took that course. Wow. Yes, a lot has changed. And compressions and CPR has only been around since the 1960s. Right. So we just celebrated in 2010. So this year is 60 years. 2020 was wow. 60 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And I've been involved with teaching um, American Heart CPR since 1989. So wow. it's, yeah, so it's... Wait a minute. You don't sound old enough to have even been around in 1989. <laughs> oh, well, I was born in 72. And my junior oh. year in high school, I did a CPR. Um, I organized um, one of the largest CPR trainings of my high school history. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, that was one of my projects for science class. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and, I actually, and I actually have a question for you. Okay. Uh, if if I were in a place that had a defibrillator, like I'm in the grocery store or I'm in uh, the airport, because yes, because obviously I'm not going to have one out in the in the street with me. But if I'm in a place that that has one, what are my chances of actually getting someone who is somewhat trained in how to use it? Because I can't stop the compression to take over the, to do the defibrillator. And I'm not trained with a defibrillator. So um, that's the beautiful thing of technology that has changed since 1983 when you took your class. Because yeah, it was in 1978. Right. So you, all you need to do is have someone who knows how to open up a box. Yeah. Um, open up a Christmas present. Yes. And turn it on and it talks right through the steps. So no training right. is required. The only so you thing you make, have, you just go make ahead. sure you have, 
you make sure you have someone else around who can do the defibrillator while and 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 then you compress until they're ready to hit the button on the defibrillator and give the the shot. And you don't even have to do that. You just Got keep you. doing compressions. The person mm-hmm. that arrives with the AED um, will open it up and they'll say, remove clothing, place mm-hmm. pads on chest as directed in the picture. And yep. then when the machine is ready, because as technology is getting better and better, Jay, mm-hmm. they have this technology that's called see-through CPR, where that removes the artifact. So you yep. can actually see the underlying rhythm. And then oh. the machine will say, stop, stand clear. Mm-hmm. And it'll either say shocking, in progress, or it'll say push button to shock. So uh-huh. no training is ne- necessary to use Good. an AED. It is amazing. Good. Yes. Wow. So one of the things I'm a little disheartened about, but now I understand and no one's asked it. So I'm going to go ahead and state it. The reason why we want to keep the steps very easy check for responsiveness, call 911 mm-hmm. and compressions mm-hmm. is because when it's time to act, you want the steps to be very simple. But the oh, reason yes. why we don't teach call 911 and get an AED mm-hmm. is because now with the CAD systems and the communication and the AED registration program, mm-hmm. that is already being handled, but it is Good. perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine. As I said, we're just having fun today to say, yeah. call 911 and you get me an AED. And mm-hmm. yes, and it's perfectly fine because when I can't tell you how many times they used to joke about it. Um, I used to do more CPR in the community than I did in the hospital setting. And I worked in a trauma center. Mm-hmm. And Um, but I just happened to be where I traveled and where I was. And, you know, I was in the airport a lot and Mm -hmm. anywhere you have more than 150 people Mm -hmm. together, the probability of having a cardiac arrest sudden increases by three folds. So your churches have AEDs, Mm -hmm. um, our conventions when we're, um, the hotels that we're at, have mm-hmm. AEDs. You do not realize where AEDs are Correct. until you start appreciating. I wonder if there's one here. And oh my goodness, when we start flying again, there's an AED about every 1500 feet <laughs> in airports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, so thank you so much for um, doing a fantastic job, Pam, on passing. And yes. And thank you for asking these questions. And what's our time check? 242. Okay. Do we have any more hands passed. up? Yeah. Yes. We, Phil Jones. Okay. How many more hands after Phil? No more. No more? Okay. We can take one more after Phil. All right. Let's go, Phil. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Phil Jones, and I'm from Georgia, where it's uh, very drizzly today, and I think it's going to get pretty rough weather-wise before the year is out and before the, when the new, when new year comes in. But anyway. Well, George, from Alabama, when you're – oh, no, you Phil, from Phil. Alabama. Phil, I'm sorry. Phil, from oh, Georgia. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Phil from Georgia, you're out taking um, – to go get your mail, and you hear a neighbor scream – Help, help, 
my wife just collapsed. What are you going to do, Phil? Well, I'm going to go where that neighbor is, and I am going to look at that wife, and I'm going to get a response from her, either by talking to her or shaking her or both. And if I... Uh, no response. You get no response. Just call 911. Then I'm going to do heart compressions. And I don't know about the rest of it, but while I'm doing the heart compressions, I'm also going to be praying. Yes. Yep. Prayers are, de- are definitely a great tool to have. Yes, you can pray. So, Phil, that was an awesome job. Congratulations. Ding, 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 ding. Yay, yay, yay. So tell me, do you have a question, Phil? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I'm glad that this is all going to be podcast because I want to hear this again and again. This is just so important. Well, um, my goal is is to challenge every state affiliate and every special interest affiliate that in 2021, that whenever they do an event to include a hands-only CPR training. And I will be honored and will donate my time to help make that happen. So, okay. Thank you, Phil. Who's next? Thank you for helping out. Oh, no problem. Next is Bonnie. Bonnie. All right. Step on up, Bonnie. Hello. Where are you coming from? Okay. I'm, (laughs) I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, yeah. It's nice and cold. Yeah, we got a couple inches of snow yesterday, so. <laughs> okay, Bonnie. Well, it is um, February. Well, you just had a person that uh, decided to shovel their driveway and yeah, <laughs> and collapsed. Yes. Okay. So I would first <clears throat> check for responsiveness. Then I would call 911, and then I would do the compressions immediately. Wow, way to go, way to go. Ding, 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 awesome. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> All right. And you I are, have a, yes. I have a couple questions. Go ahead. Okay, um, can we answer one question? And then once we okay. get off of the stream, I promise you we'll stick around and ask all the oh, questions. Well, so I pick can, the I best can. one. <laughs> All right. Um, when when you get have this AED and you get the voice directions, now I can't. I'm totally blind. I can't see anything. So would I be able to p- put the pads onto the person's chest in uh, correctly, or would I need a sighted individual to do that? So I am here to say. Unless you carry an AED on your waist or in your purse, which they're uh-huh. kind of heavy and bulky, um, <laughs> yeah. for the AED to get to you, because you're going to be doing mm-hmm. compressions, someone's yeah. going to need to bring it to you. And right. I did realize I only lost my sight um, about three and a half years ago. So uh-huh. when I pulled out my trainer to get ready for this call, I realized now that I've lost my vision. I can't mm-hmm. place the pads on by myself. Okay. Okay. So, That's what I wanted to know. Cause, yeah. cause you said, stated that it talks and I'm like, yeah, but I can't see. Yeah. You know, and I can't see the pictures. And so anyone right. else who, who has no vision, I was just wanting to ask that question to help. But, 
Yeah, but people. stay tuned because I have mm-hmm. friends at Zoll and Philips and all these different manu- Medtronics and, you know, all mm-hmm. these different manufacturers of over 30 uh-huh. different AEDs. And yeah. I'm going to flat out say, look, guys, um, how are you going to train our blind community members to be successful AED users. And there might be a trick to it now that I didn't realize it or appreciate it when I was an instructor. Mm-hmm. And I'm embarrassed to say, um, I've been teaching classes for 30 years and I've never took the opportunity to figure out how to train someone with no vision. And I'm yeah. embarrassed to say that. But well, we, um, might know, we might not need it, you know, because there'd right. be someone there that brought it to us. But right. let's say you were weird and I mean, you know, really concerned that you had someone who had heart trouble and they had one of these AEDs. And, you know, that I, I was just curious. <laughs> well, some of the pads um, are unidirectional, meaning that they're not very specific, like Mm -hmm. Um, I can teach you like the general placement is, is you take your, okay. So you take your left hand and Mm -hmm. you place it on the right side of your shoulder, um, on on front of the chest, right along the, um, the muscle right there underneath the scapula. So it's kind of like, um, not saying the pledge allegiance. It's not over Mm -hmm. your heart. It's over the top right corner of your chest that it's going to be placed. Then you take your right hand and you're going to give yourself a hug across the chest and Mm -hmm. it goes along the side of your uh, chest wall. So that way the energy that goes from one pad to another bounces off each other. So you kind of give yourself a hug, but um, it all depends on the manufacturers and stuff. So I will follow up. I think, um, I think we just created for CPR awareness with Jerry's um, alert. Jerry, I have to interrupt you. You're you're not understandable. You're oh. so distorted and so muffled. You got, yeah, you got distorted. So I I turned all oh. my volumes down. But <laughs> okay, I, I am. I'm sorry. You almost so, sound like um, one of those robots, Jerry. Okay, how does Jerry, that sound? It's better. It's better. Okay, so okay. I apologize for In that. Ten minutes we ago, Terry. Okay, we will do an AED um, call um, and get all this information out to you guys. Stay tuned. It will be in 2021. Um, Thank you so much, Bonnie. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, If there's any hands up, once we get off stream, we'll be glad to answer and play the game. So please stick around for a few more minutes. I want to go around the team. So 911 dispatcher, Darrow. Tell us, what do you want to tell to the community out in ACB radio and hear last minute thoughts? Okay. What I would like to say is that, and one of our callers brought it up, is if you've taken a CPR class in the past where it was very complicated, the 15 to 2, check for a pulse, clear out the mouth, that's all gone. It's much simpler now. If you've ever been afraid, you've taken a class, it's like, oh, that's not for me. I can't do it. Please remember what Terry's been talking about today is it's much simpler now. And, and it's it really any, anyone can do it. And the most important thing we can't emphasize enough is compressions, compressions, compressions. Jay, what do you want to tell everybody out in ACB radio and in our community? Now that we've talked about it, 
go to your local fire department, um, talk to them, and get recertified. Granted, we've you know we've shown we've talked about it. This way, you can show them that you can get that you know what you're doing, and call nine one one right away because that gets it you know started rolling out there. Because if you don't call, that time is you know wasted for us to get out there. Because depending on the tra- uh, traffic and making sure the location where it's at, because um, I don't know how many times I've heard, let's say like River Road, there may be several River Roads. Make sure your location and where it's at, especially if you're calling from your cell phone, make sure it's up to date and giving you know the, the correct information. That's why they'll ask, the 911 dispatcher will ask you where you're at. And please don't say, I'm at Walmart. Don't you know where that is? Well, there might be more than one, uh, you know, where. So please just bear with the dispatcher when they ask you questions because it's, it's just so important to get the, at least the basic information before you start compressions because you'll, as, as Terry talks about before, you'll be doing compressions for an hour if, unless you get help on the way. And one more thing I wanted to add, when you call 911, one of the things that you, I want you to learn today Right now, well, not right now, after we get off this call, because we appreciate your support and being here, is learn how to put your phone on speaker. Because the most important thing is getting help to you. But what's even more important is making sure perfusion to the brain is occurring. So when we hear you saying, I'm doing compressions, trust me, you're going to get so much help to you. You're going to get police, you're going to get fire, you're going to get paramedics. But if you sit there and you, unfortunately, the dispatcher, Darrow, has to get a lot of information to help get the team there. But as soon as they hear you're doing compressions, trust me, they're going to push the big button and the entire team is going to show up for you. And I should bring up, Terry, even though we talked about it in the 911 call, is that don't be worried. When the dispatcher is asking you questions, I encounter this all the time. People go, don't ask me questions. Start out help. Well, you have to remember help is already on the way. The dispatcher will, one way or the other, get that help going to you while they're asking the questions. So don't worry about that. And a lot of times... I want to say... Oh, go ahead, Jay. Don't forget to put ice on your phone itself ice is uh, abbreviated for in case of emergency you want to have at least two contacts in case the first one person that we try to get a hold of is busy we can try you can have multiple ones but try to at least have two people that are there in case it's you know we pick up the phone we look at it and we can find the information and find out why you might have went to you know had that heart attack Yes. And the other thing is, is on the smartphones. If you have a smartphone, please go in under your contacts and fill out your emergency contacts because with smartphones, it's different software. So the ICE is used for um, the non-smartphones. I know we've got some flip phones out there and some Nokia and all those other ones. Um, Please make sure you put ICE on there. Um, Your smartphones have emergency contact. So I know somebody raised their hand, but unfortunately, what time is it, Darrow? 2.55. We have five minutes. Oh, we do have five minutes? Okay. Then um, who uh, raised their hand? I think it was Uh, Phil. Nolan Nolan and Phil have their hands raised. Okay. 
And okay. Roberta just raised her hand. Okay. Well, unfortunately for our airtime, we only have one person that I can call on, and I believe Nolan's ready to take the challenge. So for the other two, please stay on. Um, we're going to have Nolan do the CPR challenge, and then we're going to sign off of stream. And then, of course, as always, everyone's welcome to stay and ask further questions. Okay, Nolan. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I'll do one more shot. <laughs> All right, Nolan. So you're out going for your walk because uh -huh. you're doing, you're the chairman of the Move It Club. Yes. And you're setting everyone an example. And then all of a sudden you feel something. And it's a foot attached to a leg that's attached to a body laying on the ground next to you. I would have to ask for, are you okay? If there's not any responses, then I will immediately call 911, then go and get on my hands and knees and do the compressions as quick as possible, then wait until help arrives. I may have to wait to an hour in order to complete the task. But Way to go, Nolan. You are so, you've got it all right. You checked for responsiveness. You called 911 and you started compressions. But there's Good one job. thing I messed up, though. What did you do? I may have screwed up a little bit on what I just said, though. But I'll. Well, you're not going to. You're not going to wait for an hour for help to get there because this time right. you called 911 early. Right. So, yeah. The last time we had you wait an hour because she forgot to call 911. <laughs> right. But so, the only thing that you, when you said, the only thing that you, when you said that you're going to do it as fast as possible, that was the only thing that I can say. For 10 minutes, for 10 seconds. No, no, no. At least. No, no, no. Right. When no. you said as fast as possible so what you want to try to do is try to maintain between 100 to 120 beats per minute you remember okay. this first that first song staying alive yes is you know if you can remember that song and how you know the and keeping that rate that's about 100 beats per minute and i think darrow might have another song to help us remember the right beat and we're going to clap it out so go ahead Dero. here's our next one hopefully it'll play yes. okay here it comes i was just thinking just so everybody put your hands together we're going to compress it out with hand claps maybe it was survivor eye of the tiger oh thank you There we go. Okay, everybody, put your hands together. Clap it out. It was going. It was going. Boy, we're just having technical difficulties today. You don't hear it so anymore? No, we don't hear it anymore, Dara. I hear it. It's still, it's still going on the stream. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. It's on the stream, I guarantee it. Okay, everybody, clap your hands. So many times it happens too fast. You change your 
Okay, folks, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back with you, Terry. You want to say when we'll be back and what we're doing next? Okay, so next Wednesday, the team is taking a break to plan out 2021 call. So we will see you the following Wednesday. But you may oh. hear this repeated. Oh, but the great news is, is we we will be posting today how to join our health care, our health checkup call group, where you can join our conversation and be a part of our community. And thanks again, everybody. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening, Same everyone. Happy New Year. Year.